By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. I have to wait till the music plays to the end. Otherwise, I can't talk. Good morning to you. It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Together, we make BS, and we do it on a daily basis, except for yesterday when I was in a funky mood, and, and that's my fault. And you know what? It's one of these things where, you know, everybody has their day, right? And sometimes you don't have your day, if you know what I'm saying. Yesterday was not my day. But that's a whole other story. It is BS.show. Uh, welcome to you. What do we do here? Well, you know, we try to put a smile on your face. We say goofy stuff. We talk about this. We talk about that. Uh, mix it in with a little bit of sports. A little bit of sports every once in a while. Matter of fact, interesting story going on with uh, the Cardinals and a bunch of other major league teams, for that matter, what's going on with the uh, the thing with the uh, uh, Bally Sports, which is getting more interesting every day, especially if you're into this kind of stuff, uh, especially if you're into business. It's turning into a very interesting story as far as what's going on with Bally Sports. But that is neither here nor there. We will talk about that later. Uh, weather, well, guess what? Rain yesterday, it was overcast, just sort of looked yucky all day yesterday. Pretty much the same today. Pretty much the same. Matter of fact, I think that's the forecast all the way through Saturday. Here it is just Wednesday, hump day, and we're going to have that kind of weather all the way. Let me look at this real quick. Uh, Jennifer will be up in a minute to give us the updated forecast, but if I'm not mistaken, I think that's what the forecast is. Uh, Where's my weather? Weather is right here, and it says rain today, rain tomorrow, rain Friday, rain Saturday, Sunday should be nice. But guess what? It's supposed to be 64 today. Tomorrow, 72. Wow. Grass is going to start growing. You notice it's turning green. Uh, it's been turning green for the last couple of weeks, depending on what kind of variety glass, uh, grass you have, uh, some more than others. And if we have 72 tomorrow, that will uh, the soil temperature will heat up a little bit, and the farmers can tell you all about soil temperature, and then hopefully we should be off to the races. Now, where is Shelly? Here we go again. Where is Shelly? So let's plug my phone in, and we'll do this. We'll pull up the old dial pad. We'll hit the button, put this on the air. Hello? Where are you? I'm waiting for you to fix your Skype. What's wrong? Or at least answer it now. What's that now? At least answer it. Oh, my God. You're getting funky. You're sounding like two of you. What's going on? <laughs> Goodbye, Brad. What? What's going on? Hold on. Hold on. I know what's going on. Hold on. Sally, where are you today? Sally, where are you today? There she is. Here I am. The Freddy's lady wanting to know where you're at. Uh-huh. And but you know what? And you know what, Shelly? Well, every time when I do that, Shelly tells me, she says, you know where I'm at. I go, where are you? She says, I wasn't naked, but I have hit a person over the head with a frying pan. She was out hitting people over the head with a frying pan. <laughs> that was another and one of you your... you made me say that twice. That Thank was, you. That was another one of your classic stories of hitting your husband it, it over... It was a classic story. <laughs> hitting your husband over the head with a frying pan. <laughs> he spit in my face and insulted my mother. Well... I didn't say he wasn't, it wasn't justified. I never said that. I just said that some people would say, hey, you could kill somebody with a frying pan. You know what I mean? If you hit them hard enough, you can, you know, smash their skull. You could kill somebody with a lot of things. 
You can kill somebody with the show. They can go, oh, my God, the show's so <laughs> terrible. I'm just going to shoot myself. Stop it. Don't even, right, con- right. Don't even continue. They commit suicide listening that, to the show. Oh, okay. oh it's terrible. Went there. Okay. Oh, okay. A uh, couple things to talk about. First off, yesterday, God, I, you know, I listen to other radio stations, and I, I'm a button pusher. Matter of fact, I'm a scan button guy and a button pusher. Yesterday, I happened upon an interview with Olo and Bolo. I don't know if that's their real names. I, I can't pronounce their real names. The two brothers, the two Nigerian brothers involved in the Jesse Smollett thing. Remember this thing where he claimed he was attacked by these two guys, these two guys wearing MAGA hats? Remember the whole crazy thing? Oh, and then that never happened? Yeah, it was. Well, well it turned out he paid them. And these are the two brothers that he paid. He knew these two guys. They're two Nigerian bodybuilder kind of dudes, you know, and, and the one of them, I think the one of them claims he's an actor. He's been in some various things and stuff like that. And they got interviewed on Mark Reardon's show yesterday afternoon in 97.1. Fascinating interview. And you know the interesting thing about it is? What? To this day, he still claims that this happened. He still claims that he didn't know anything about these Nigerian guys and he didn't do any of this stuff. And even though there's video of this, that, and the whole bit and he wrote them a check. Okay, that's like Jerry Springer. Remember we talked about this? Jerry Springer, who used to be the mayor of Cincinnati and a bunch of other things. He was a big TV guy in Cincinnati on one of the big TV stations. He One time he got arrested for uh, going to a, shall we say, a house of ill repute, and he wrote a check to the lady. Okay? Who does that? <laughs> And and he's an he attorney. He just wanted to be an episode on his own show. Well, you know they do that. You know well, writers write themselves but he into didn't, this sketch. But he didn't know he was going to do a show. So that came later in life. So we, oh okay. He had to look into the future to be able to know he was going to have a TV show. Uh, but and I think I do believe he is an attorney. So you know I mean like it's it's like this crazy thing going on with Donald Trump. The crazy thing about and here we go again. I mean if you follow what's going on in New York City, they're they're closing off the streets around wherever this grand jury is taking place because they think there's going to be like this huge riot because at some point that I should say, if they indict him at some point, Donald Trump is going to have to jump on a plane. I don't know if he's going to jump on his plane. They're going to fly to New York with his secret service guys. He's going to go through downtown New York, go to wherever this justice center is where they're having this grand jury uh, investigation at He's going to have to walk out of a car. He may be in handcuffs. They're going to walk him into a building. They're going to walk him down a hall. Somebody's going to fingerprint him. Somebody's he going will to... be surrounded by agents, right? Well, well, his Secret Service agents and the police. But see, the problem is... When he is, gets out of the car? Well, they think that that's why they're closing off the streets around this justice center in New York City because they don't know when this is going to happen. And, and the story is that Donald Trump I don't know if this is true or not, but the story is he's posing, he's practicing posing for his mugshot. So he'll get a good mugshot because you know, that's going to be <laughs> that if, if he runs for president in 2024, you know, that's going to be all over. Who are the, will you, will you elect a convicted, you know, a criminal for, for your president of the United States? They're going to show his mugshot, you know, just like they did with Eric Wright. He's, he's going to do what you do on your driver's license. Make a face. Yeah. I had a guy the other day, you know, once again, we talk about this, that people say it's discriminatory that you don't, you have to have a driver's license to vote, a picture ID. Okay. 
I, on almost almost a daily basis, you and I have talked about this. This is true. Almost on a daily basis, I have to show my driver's license somewhere. I mean, for the goofiest things. I've like I won't say which company, Cabela's, but I have a store charge at one of the stores, and occasionally I will go out to this store in Hazelwood. I didn't say that. It's not Cabela's. It's not Hazelwood, but I go out to Hazelwood to Cabela's, and I have cash on me, and I'll go in, and I'll pay my bill and I have to have a driver's license. I'm going like, I'm putting cash. I'm not writing you a check. I'm not, you know, giving you gold bullion. I'm not giving you, you know, cryptocurrency. This is my card. This is me. Put money on this account. We have to have your driver's license, sir. <laughs> I'm giving you money. Why, why am I driver's license? And he says, the one guy says to me, the one manager, he says, well, you'd be surprised. Some people come in and try to pay other people's bills. And the problem with that is, explain what the problem with that is. You know? I mean, if someone's going to stick a $100 bill under the windshield wiper of your car, what's the problem with that? You know what I mean? It's just you're going to come out and you go like, whoa, look at this. There's a $100 bill under me, under my windshield. And then I would look around because I'm trying to be more uh, aware of my surroundings. And I would look around... And well, it might be a setup. Think I was being punk. Yeah, it might be a setup. They might, you know, because there's this thing I read the other day that talked about, um, what's it called, googing or something like that. What? It's this. It's all these new things. These new. There's. It's interesting because they talk to this detective. We'll talk about it. here. Remind me. We'll talk about this next hour because it's actually sort of interesting because there's one scam in there that really caught my attention. I thought to myself, man, these criminals. They think of everything. That's ingenious. Of all these people, they're doing things to, you know, it's like it's like the modern-day pickpocket. But what they're doing is they're distracting you in various ways to get you your attention. Oh, write this down. Googing. I think it's called Googing or something like that. I've looked it up again. They're, they're distracting you so they can, like, do something to you. And the ATM thing is probably one of the most fascinating ones I've heard in a long time because of the fact that... that what they're doing, how they're doing this. And, and first I thought to myself, okay, I don't quite understand how this works. And then I thought about it, I thought to myself, oh my God, this is ingenious the way they're stealing money out of your ATM account with you not there. So you're saying, how are they stealing money out of your ATM account? Yeah, go, that's exactly what I was thinking. You're going to your ATM and when you leave, after you leave, they're getting money out of your account. How are they doing that? Because you're thinking, well, I pull my card out. Once I pull my card out, it, you know, because, you know, most ATMs are set up right now. If you go to, you stick your card in, put your password in, all that kind of stuff, stuff. Select what you want, how much money you want, blah, 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 blah. When you're done, most of them, so you can't forget your card. The money doesn't come out until you take your card, right? Yes. You pull your card out. And once you pull your card out, you have your card in your hot little hand. Then you take your money out. So how are they getting money out of your account? It's fascinating. And I'm thinking to myself, only criminals would think of this. You know, it's just sort of crazy stuff. Anyway, what are we going to talk about this morning? So what is it? Next hour. We're talking about oh, that. Next hour. Brian. It's, it's, it's my tease. Mm. See, did my teases work? You go like, man, I'm going to. And Shelly would normally go like, well, I'm going to listen. I'm not going to listen next hour. And then she goes, well, now I have to listen next hour. I have to pay attention to what he says next hour. Normally, I don't. She she puts her fingers in her ears and she goes, la, na, 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 na. Yeah, I like it. Right. right. And she, no, I can't she does, say that. She doesn't want to listen to me. Or sometimes... She'll look at me and she'll say, oh, Did you get me off? <laughs> ah, what? 
We got turnt last night. <laughs> or she'll say, Next thing I know, we're all dancing up on the kitchen table. Or she'll say, Ugh, I'm binging on my shows, girl. Or the worst one is she'll say, I do remember a dude that looked like Abe Lincoln, and I'm pretty sure he had floaties on. That's what will happen, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> that last one. <laughs> I do what, remember what, a dude that looked like Abe Lincoln, and I'm pretty sure he had floaties on. What's that? What is the deal about floaties and Abe Lincoln? Well, think about it for a minute. You, you're, she's at this crazy party, and she sees a dude who looks like Abe Lincoln, and he's got floaties on. Okay. Matter of fact, I had a meeting yesterday with a guy who looks like Abe Lincoln, but that's a whole other story. Great big tall guy, six foot six. And he thinks he knows my son, who's six foot eight. But my son says he doesn't remember him. They went to school together. At least they were there at the same time. They went to Mizzou. It's a guy trying to get to advertise. And another, one again, one of my, a great pitch, and he yawned at it. <laughs> That's were you thinking, advertising like you've always done it, or were you thinking new and improved advertising pitch? Okay. Nowadays, you have to cut through the clutter to really make a point with advertising. You have to be different. And we have clients in the station that are different. And some of them are different just because they're only clients in the station that do this stuff. We only have, well, we have two attorneys on, uh, but that's a different situation. But we have our new client, which is Simply Bell Aesthetics out there in Lake St. Louis. And these ladies, and it's all ladies, are different because they're all professional they're all either nurse nurse practitioners are rns like your daughter they're either yes. they're bsns are their 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 nps which is and you know what the np is it's sort of complicated because np used to be like a master's degree and now there's nps that are actually doctorate level it's i don't quite understand it depending upon where you go to school at depending upon how long the program is you either come out with an NP where it's like a master's degree or you come out with an NP where you're actually a doctor. And like, for example, my oldest son, his girlfriend, is a doctor, a DP, um, DP, DPT. She's a doctor. She has her doctorate degree in physical therapy. Physical therapy. And did you know that attorneys could also be called doctors because their degree is a JD, which stands for Juris Doctorates. In other words, they could actually call them doctor so-and-so, but they don't go by that. But and, <laughs> I heard an attorney the other day. He says, be careful of any attorney who calls himself Esquire. I was just <laughs> thinking that particular <laughs> word. Yes. I, that goes back to, I think it dates back to English law or something like that. When there was debtor's prison? Well, yeah, I mean, all sorts of crazy stuff. But anyway, We this... don't have debtor's prison anymore, do we? Yeah, we do. We do not. Yeah, do we? Yeah, there's debtor's prison. It's called it's called lack of paying child support or alimony or whatever they call it. That is debtor's prison. If you don't pay What your... do you do? What did they do to you? They throw you in jail. Wait, hey, hey. You know who we could call? Talk about this. We haven't had it on the air in a while. You know who? You know who? He got thrown in jail for not paying his his wife. Debtor's prison. Who? Sean Hayes. Sean Hayes went to the Breadco on the parking lot of Plastic Front and Back to have breakfast one morning, and the Frontenac police arrested him, put him in handcuffs, put him in the back of a squad car, and took him to jail because he didn't pay his child support. That's debtor's prison. So there is debtor's prison in the United States. 
And if you know what we're talking about, in England, back in, under English law, you could be thrown in jail because you owed, owed somebody some money. You could go to the magistrate and say, that guy owes me $100. And the magistrate would come to you and say, do you owe him $100? Yes, I do. Come with me. You're going to jail. Now, the crazy thing about that is, and the same thing with like alimony, if they throw you in jail and you, you can't work, you know, let's say you don't pay your child support and you get behind and the police come and throw you in jail, then you don't, let's say you miss two or three days of work and the boss says, hey, why'd you miss two or three days of work? Well, I've been in jail. Well, you know what? Guess what? You don't work here anymore. So then you lose your job. So how are you supposed to pay your alimony then? Or you could be like the guys who were working the sign, uh, which <laughs> the guy got got mad at me when I was out my birthday when I was panhandling for money on Get off my corner. Yeah, on the interstate because it of the was, they were about to go fisticuffs at each other. Right. No, I wasn't. He was. He was gonna punch me. <laughs> because I was on his corner, I was on his 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 area. And I said to him, he goes, he says, you got money. I go, you think I do? You know, I bet you do better than I. And I go, why are you out here? He says, I own all sorts of child support. And if I take a job, they take my money out of my paycheck. So in other words, he's dodging child support by working yeah, the sign. That was getting, a yeah, good man right yeah, there. As a good husband. Yeah, good father. Yeah. He's, he, won't, he won't work a job where they'll pay him 15, 16 bucks an hour. But he's out there on the interstate trying to get money from people because of the fact that if you give him cash. I bet he brings in about 150 a day. I don't, I see, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I only made a dollar. You know, I don't think people thought. You weren't there two minutes. I was there an hour and a half. I was there you an, were not. An hour and a half. I worked out an hour and a half. I was there an hour and a half. I was there. Fred, you weren't. I was there 45 minutes before he showed up. I was there by myself for 45 minutes. And the funny part was, as soon as he shows up, and I made no money my first 45 minutes. As soon as he shows up, the guy pulls over and gives me a buck. See, I had a sign made up that said, hey, it's my birthday. Help me celebrate with some cash. That's what my sign said. And it was a professionally done sign. I did it on my vinyl cutter. had my own vinyl cutter. And he, he, you know, he, um, he, guy pulled up and he says, Hey man, have a good birthday party. So he gave me a buck and this guy got mad because that was his dollar. That was his dollar. His dollar. Didn't you tell him this is my birthday dollar? I showed him my sign. I can't give it to you. I showed him my sign. He didn't care. No, of course he didn't. Okay. Okay. We're messing with his income. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm got my hand in his pocket. Okay. One hand in your pocket, and the other one's and it's hailing not, a taxi cab. And it's not for the Jussie Smollett reason. Okay, it's 635. I love that song. Who's It's got this little funky beat, and baby, baby, baby. Yes, I do like that song. Sally, where are you today? <laughs> if I only knew where I was, there wouldn't be a problem, would there? I don't know. I was, I'm sorry I couldn't go on the air. I was eating one of my little Debbies. I can tell. Um, Mike Cotton sent me this. Everybody lawsuit crazy. Did you hear about this lawsuit against Buffalo Wild Wings? B-dubs? No. Man is suing Buffalo Wild Wings because of the fact he's claiming they're not boneless wings. They're just chicken nuggets. (laughs) Think about that for a minute. You know, I know we're a litigious society. (laughs) So when that lady... Got that drop that cu- hot cup of coffee. Yeah, that sort of started things, didn't it? <laughs> it did start things. Now, I do think that she was valid because she got hurt. Well, but it was her own damn fault. I don't think it matters. Oh, yeah. I don't what do you mean it's not? Doesn't matter. She wasn't hurt as much as oh, okay. you know, a million okay. bucks or something. Hey. But hey, 
Let me give you an example. Hey, hey, hey is for horses, and I'm no jack butt. I got a chainsaw. I start up my chainsaw. I says, hey, watch me. I bet you any money that this chainsaw won't, come through, won't cut through my shirt. I got a long sleeve shirt. I fired it, and, I, and it goes right into my arm, and I start bleeding everywhere. And I sue the manufacturer. Oh, the chainsaw was defective. And it got it on video. It and didn't the, have a guard. Right, it didn't have a guard on it. It didn't protect my my skin. It should have <laughs> should have known that that there was there was skin underneath that shirt. Once again, it's called stupidity. I was gonna say um, idiotic. Well, it's, idiotic. it's to the point where idiocracy. You read some of these lawsuits, you go like, okay, now hold on a minute. How's that going to go? Well, I, don't you? Well, but once again, a lot of times, here's the problem. A lot of times. The the defendants, like say it's a company that you know, like in this case, like you're talking about, it's or you know you're talking about it was McDonald's with the lady in the hot coffee. In this case, it's Buffalo Wild Wings. That really did start things if you think about it. Well, it's been going on for a long time, but I think it brought it to the attention. I think that one was to the point where they're going like, now hold on a minute, now you know. I mean, remember for after after a while after that happened, everybody had to sign, especially the drive-through. We serve our hot beverages very hot. You know, it's like, yes. oh no, kidding. Okay. That was actually more than well, you just know what? the start of that. You know, I'm going to sue McDonald's because I dropped my Diet Coke in my lap and it froze my noogies. So, you know, I'm going to sue. Ex- Be- what? <laughs> it froze your nudicles? It froze my noogies. <laughs> your noogie? Oh, he, you have a name. I'm going in front of the judge and say, Your Honor, I'm suing McDonald's because they dropped my Diet Coke in my lap and it froze my noogies. And the judge is going to say, Sir, what are your noogies? Well, Judge, you know what your noogies are. You probably got a pair of noogies. <laughs> I don't know what noogies are. Can you be more specific? Well, <laughs> okay. So so in that light. Wow. Is, is that what dudes there's a there's really? a lo- there's a local story. A woman is You're gonna, like skim over that. I you? am because this is more important. A woman is suing Sugar Fire Smokehouse. Our Sugar Fire? Yeah, there's she's suing Sugar Fire Smokehouses in the St. Louis area. You know why? Why? No. A woman's doing this because they won't advertise in her favorite radio station. That's why she's suing them. Oh, ours. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> So when did you file that lawsuit, Shelly? <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> when did you file that lawsuit? We got turnt last night. <laughs> New like layer to my brain. Um, yeah, I probably couldn't do that against Sugar Fire, but I could do that against. I wouldn't do it at all, actually. One of them goosed me. <laughs> No, but I did when I was driving a cab. Yeah, I st- I probably told you this. I stopped off at this gas station, the one over on K and whatever that street is at Sugar, uh, at Sugar Fire. Um, Ethel's is on. What is that street? That's Veterans Memorial Parkway. Yes. So, anyway, the gas station over there, and I was sitting there, and I walked in. Excuse me, and then there was gentleman. This gentleman coming out, and he said, "How are you doing?" And I said, "Fine." And so, I did my thing, left, and the man was standing out by my car, 
And I was getting, we talked a little bit and I was kind of, you know, creeped out a little bit. And then this man leans down to kiss me. I'm like, um, I shook my head and I'm like, I'm sorry if I gave you that impression, but no. <laughs> he goes, oh man, I'm sorry. I, this is what he told me when he called back. <laughs> he called my office before I got back. Yeah. He wanted to apologize. Anyway, he said, I thought we had a moment and it was going to be like, he must be a rom-com guy. And he says, I thought we had a moment and I thought that because of this moment that he clearly had by himself, he, um, he, you know, assumed that it, it was a moment and it was real. One of them goosed me. He didn't goose me. He's lucky I didn't punch him. And Shelly said when he tried to, to when he, I snorted again, when, when he tried to kiss Shelly, Shelly looked at me and he said, You are so icky. <laughs> First of all, there's only a handful of people I would say that to. But he is, that was na- that's now. This is, is when is, I was younger. Is Brian Richardson one of them? <laughs> new like layer to my brain okay we have to take a break shelly why are you so quiet all of a sudden because <laughs> there are so many things i want to say it's six and i can't on radio okay it's six forty-seven. it is bs.show you know that's me singing background vocals on that song they put me in a, st- in a studio that's because your noogles are frozen <laughs> <laughs> okay we have very intelligent listeners who don't agree with me. Uh, that's that's a great combination. Intelligent listeners who don't agree with me. A listener, so why don't they agree? A listener just sent me an article out of Vox. If you know Vox, you know what source of Vox is. Uh, and the title of the article is, What a Lot of People Get Wrong About the Infamous 1994 McDonald's Hot Coffee Lawsuit. I had no idea it was that long ago. 1994, almost 30 I, years. I, I didn't either. Almost 30 years ago. a while ago. Yeah, almost 30 years ago, 29 years ago. Okay, this guy runs, and I've seen this guy before. He runs a website, and he has, he has a uh, uh, YouTube channel, and it's called Adam Ruins Everything. This is his screen name. Adam ruins everything. He explains that the case wasn't about greed, but about a working-class woman forcing a big company to make the product safer. And he gives his bullet points. The bullet points are, her name was Stella Lieback. She was a 79-year-old woman in Albuquerque, New Mexico, whose grandson drove her to McDonald's in 1992. She was in a parked car when the coffee spilled. Lieback acknowledged that the spill was her fault. What she took issue was with how hot the coffee was, up at up to 190 degrees Fahrenheit near boiling point. That it caused third-degree burrs in her legs and genitals, nearly killing her and requiring extensive surgery to treat. McDonald's apparently knew this was unsafe. In the decade, in the decade before Lee Back's spill, McDonald's had received 700 reports of people burning themselves on McDonald's coffee. McDonald's admitted that the coffee was a hazard at such high temperature, but it continued the practice enforced by official McDonald's policy of heating up its coffee to near boiling point. McDonald's claimed customers wanted the coffee this hot. Lee Back didn't want to go to court. She just wanted McDonald's to pay her medical expenses, estimated at $20,000. McDonald's offered her $800, leading her to file a lawsuit in 1994. 
After hearing the evidence, the jury concluded that McDonald's handling of his coffee was so irresponsible that Lieback should get much more than $20,000, suggesting she get nearly $2.9 million to send the company a message. Lieback settled her case for less than $600,000, and McDonald's began changing how it heats up its coffee. Okay, so that is supposedly the real story according to Adam Ruins Everything. Now, having heard that, does that change your mind about what she did? Oh, I'm sure that there was a backstory to it that, you know, the media didn't catch on. They were too worried about, oh, my gosh, we've got McDonald's, and now we can sit there and get them in trouble because they're – do you know what I'm saying? Well, it's the deep pocket theory. You know, attor- yes. attorneys don't go after people who live in a shack down by the river. They go after the guy who lives in Ladue who drives a Bentley, you know, because of the fact that, yes. that they know he's got some cash. Whereas the guy down by the liver, river, you can get a you know a judgment against him, and guess what? He has no money, he has no bank account, so you're never going to get any ma- money from him anyway. So, and you know, obviously that's what they go after corporations. I tell you, across the river in Madison County, Illinois, specifically in Edwardsville, remember this horrible story of that attorney that was murdered in front of his two kids, um, and I can remember this. What was it three or four years ago? And some crazy guy who was actually going to um, the what St. Louis School of Pharmacy. He was studying to be a pharmacist, and he was broke. And he broke into the guy's house, and the guy was divorced, so he lived there with his wife, with his with his two two kids, and he murdered the guy. And not that you know that was a horrible crime, but the guy had some money. Matter of fact, he had a collection of. And matter of fact, I know somebody who's in the Ferrari Club of St. Louis. Believe it or not, I do know somebody who's in that club. They don't have a Ferrari, but they went belong to the club anyway. He had like 30 Ferraris inside of his house. It wasn't a garage. He has his house custom built, so he literally had like a place in his house where he could park 30 cars. Now, think about that for a minute. Think about how big a house has to be where you could park 30 cars in a room. That's not a small room, and that was just part of the house. Anyway, the guy was like, I think he was like close to being a billionaire. Why did he have all that money? Because he was an attorney that used... The court system in Madison County, which is the county seat is in Edwardsville, that's where all these class action suits are filed because they have found out that the jury, the juries in Madison County are very, very, very sympathetic to the plaintiffs. In other words, the people who are suing. And it's usually some, oh, I, I, you know, the, I, I used a stapler. And I didn't realize that you're not supposed to staple your finger. And I stapled my finger to a piece of paper and it hurt quite a bit. And I want $42 million. Okay. Well, yo, that, that staple in your finger, we thought, we know, this is the jury, we know that probably is very painful. $42 million, we're giving you $84 million. That's what happens over in Madison County. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not much. Matter of fact, I got one in the mail the other day. I'm in a class action suit again. I'm going like, this is so stupid. It's some, I can't, I should bring it in and read it on the air. I'm part of a class and it's some, to me, it's like, okay, this is a joke. And the sad part of it is if you've ever had this, you've been involved in that before, haven't you get a little card in the mail? You're involved and you are a member of a party of a class action suit. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I got $14.72. No, you didn't. You actually got cash? Yeah. Who did you get that from? I don't know. It's been years. Normally, you get like a coupon for half off or something like that, you know. And the attorneys get ten million dollars. You get a coupon for half on off your next noogie at Noogieville. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. I hope you recorded that because you said it like five times. Noogie? Yes. The reason I brought it up is because these two dudes that roughed up Jeffy Smollett, they, the one guy was a professional boxer and he didn't want to hurt Jussie. So he said he gave him a noogie. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. We have to take a break so I can go uh, down the hall and get a noogie. It's 6.59. Oh, Brad. Oh, damn it. I did it again. Hold on a minute. I screwed up. What time is it? 6.59. I screwed up. That's 14th time so far this morning. Now it is 6.59. You know, I don't know why, but I love that song. And ever ever since I saw the video, I love it even more. It's got a haunting video to it where she's like in the video watching herself if that makes any sense it does make sense uh anyway uh i'm trying to read something real quick um i can tell evelyn woods reading dynamics (laughs) there you go um hold on a minute i gotta see this we'll wait okay I can't find this. Okay. Anyway, uh, BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Okay. Um, so I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm sorry. Are you ready? You know, there's more people complaining about Jeopardy again. I'm going like, have we gotten to the point where who cares about the fact that Russia is killing the people in Ukraine? Who cares about the fact that there's all these terrible things happening around the world? We're upset because things are not right on Jeopardy. Oh, my God. Okay, anyway, I'm reading this article the other day, and it FWP. talks about it talks about there's all these new ways of thieves f- stealing from you, and the one thing it ca- it was called tapping, okay? And I'm going like, huh? Okay, some, t- some places you go where there are like, let's say there's two or three ATMs side by side. You know what I'm talking about? You go with some place like, let's say it's a busy place, and there's two or three ATMs, the same company, same bank, side by side. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Okay. So here's one of the cons that one of the new cons they pull. The guy hangs out at, let's say, the center ATM. But what you don't realize is you, you walk up and you're going to use the ATM on his right. So he's on, from the left, he's on ATM number two, and you're on ATM number three. What you don't realize is, before you walked up, he stuffed a piece of cardboard in the slot where your card goes. And he stuffed it in there so you can't really see it, but when you try to put your card in, you walk up to ATM number three, and you try to put your card in number three, it won't go in. So, and he is like, quote-unquote, good Samaritan, says, hey, man, if your card won't fit in the slot, you can just tap it. You know, like the NFC thing where you just tap your card? Yeah, but my card is not a tapper. Okay, but it has to be it has to be a, a NFC and you know, a no contact NFC, whatever they call it. And it, and the one lady goes, It doesn't matter if you think it's not a tapper. They're all tappers. Well that's not true, is it? Well, I don't know. Some of the older cards aren't. If you have an old one, I think a lot of the new ones. Matter of fact, it's interesting because most of the new cards they're issuing don't have the embossed numbers anymore. Have you notice that? They're they just have yes. like, they just have them printed. Okay, so anyway, you walk up and the guy's already screwed up the machine. He's thrown he's put like Piece, stuffed a piece of cardboard in there so your card won't fit, but you can't really see the cardboard, but it's enough in there so your card won't go in. So he is a good Samaritan and says, hey, dude, if you tap your card, it'll work just the same. So you tap your card, you put in your pin, and you get your money and you leave. 
The only problem is that the session is still active because if you put your card in and you take the money out and then you put in how much money you want and the thing spits out, your, you know, you have to pull your card out first because otherwise your money doesn't come out. So when you pull your card out and the money comes out, it automatically terminates your session. Get what I'm saying? So in other words, the fact yes, that you pulled I out do. your card, you got your money, the thing's done. Well, if you tap the card, it's not done. So you think it's done because you got your money, you got your receipt, you walk away, the guy moves over to the ATM you're on and wipes you out. He puts in like, you know, he go in and he'll go in and take like, you know, if let's say, let's say your daily cash limit is, I don't know, let's say you just get a hundred bucks, but your daily cash limit is a 400. So you, he would, you know, and he might even see how much money you took out. He would sort of watch to, to you know, like, let's say you, you tap in that it shows up on the screen, you know, how much money you want. You hit a hundred and or 50 or whatever the number is. He's figuring, okay, the daily cash limit on this is 400. So I, when that guy walks away, his session is still live. I'll just walk. I'll just, you know, switch over to his and I'll tap in. I do want to continue. Yes. I want to continue. What do you want to do? Another withdrawal. You click the, you know, you hit the screen, whatever the thing is, and you type, you know, type, uh, type in three hundred dollars. Boom! You get three hundred bucks. And the guy just keeps doing this. He just hangs out at the ATM on, the, on, you know, one of the ATMs next to it. Could be two ATMs standing next to each other, and you know, and he just does this all day long. Anybody comes up, you know, they try to use that, and he may end up where well, they said they talk about some of these guys can literally, you know, come away with thousands of dollars in a day. And I'm going like, doesn't surprise I'm me. I'm going like, I never thought of that. I mean, that's like, it's like, holy cow, that's like fascinating. You know what I mean? Totally. Anyway, um, hold on, I'm going to look at something. Did here. you look at your board to see what we were going to talk about? I'm looking right now. I things are messed up this morning. I've had, you know, I'm about a bad month. This has not been a good month for me. Um, what? It's not been a good month. You know, I got, I was, I'll be Why? honest. Why? Just I, tell us. It's just you and me here talking. I won't tell anybody. Why? What's wrong, Bunky? I've just been a bit, bit depressed, you know? I mean, you know, depressed. No, I, I don't know. With That's capital, why I'm asking. I'm depressed. You know, I, I've, I have issues that I'm dealing with. That, like the depressed section? Well, that's not the depression. You get in trouble for saying that. Now you get to, by the why? way, I will tell you something. Is that true? Oh, yeah. They, they, <laughs> It's been called that my whole life. Well, well, there there are times, as my traffic reporter days, there are times when I would get calls from various governmental agencies complaining about things that we said. And once upon a time, uh. I got a call from somebody in the city of St. Louis who asked us not to call the depressed section the depressed section. Now, if you know the story, and this is sort of interesting because it used to be 70, now it's 44, which is confusing as hell. Um, you know, that's the interstate right in front of the, uh, the arch. It's down below grade level. It's down like in a hole, okay? And do you know the reason for that? Because the waters have risen? No. Supposedly, no. when the arch was being built, I don't know if this is still true or not, there's some, there's some law on the books in the United States of America. You know, we don't have enough laws. But there's some law on the books that state that you cannot have a visible interstate from the grounds of a national 
a national memorial, which is Arch is like, you know, national, whatever it is. It's, you know, I can't remember what it's called. It's called, you know, you know what I mean? The Park Service. It's like dedicated national memorial, a national monument, whatever. So in other words, if you stand on the grounds of a national memorial, national monument, whatever you want to call it, you're not supposed to be able to see the interstate traffic. So what they did was they put the traffic in downtown Salos below grade level. Because that way, when you're standing on the arch grounds, you don't see the interstate. It's down below. That's what I was told. Okay, so years ago, me, Joe Traffic Reporter, Brad Traffic Reporter, I get a call from some lady from the city of St. Louis who's complaining that we are being mean to the city by saying there's a section of the highway where people get depressed. <laughs> I, I am not there's always a workaround isn't there i am not kidding this is a true story oh that is so and funny i said to her i go you mean like mentally depressed she goes yeah she says we're upset because you keep talking about when people come into the city they're depressed because they go in the depressed section and i go oh that is so funny i am not kidding you this is an honest to god true story and i explained to her i go <laughs> That's not why we call it the depressed section. We call it the depressed section because the interstate goes, if you come in, you know, from St. Charles and you're heading into downtown, you, you're you on an elevated section because that's how you get to Laclede's Landing. There's, there's, you know, streets that go underneath the interstate and then the interstate goes like downhill and goes below grade. It's like, I think the... I think officially it's like 25 feet below street levels. In other words, the lanes of the interstate are 25 feet below the street level in downtown St. Louis in front of the arch. And then as you come out of downtown, the way the grading is, you go up a little bit, but you're back at grade level because the the ground slopes off from the arch because the arch is like in a high spot. And on the south side, the ground slopes off because you get into some of the, the areas there that are like still... Um, like in flood area. If you know where Shoto is, Shoto, technically there's a flood wall there, and Shoto, um, you know, in back in the day, I think back in 1993, if they wouldn't put the flood wall up, the area down there near Shoto would have flooded. So that's why it's called the depressed section. Now, what's really complicated is when they put, and this is going to, you know, I'll explain this because I've actually had people ask me this question. And matter of fact, if you listen to some of the traffic reporters, some of the traffic reporters will actually say, on eastbound 44, which used to be westbound 70. You ever heard that before? I did. Yes. Okay. The reason for this is that when you drove, let's say you're driving from the airport in downtown St. Louis. From people who are, have been in St. Louis their entire lives. Right. And then there are people that have born in St. Louis. Right. And But they leave and go are gone for years and because all roads lead back to the loo they're back and then there's people who are passing by that really don't care what it used to be called they just want to get through it (laughs) shelly you've been drinking again this morning (laughs) no why Why do you always ask me that? That sounds like see, you sitting at a bar stool and some guy says, hey, tell me about the St. Louis area. Well, you can't ever leave the loo because all roads lead back to the loo. It's true. I'm sorry. Okay. So let, me, me? <laughs> let me give you my explanation. Okay. It used to be that 44 began or ended, whichever way you look at it, at 55. So in other words, if you're coming east on 44, 
Once you got to 55, 44 ended, okay? And then that stretch from 44 up to the depressed section was called 55. And if you're going from the airport to downtown St. Louis, when you drove east on 70, when you got into the depressed section, once you got onto the ramp to go onto the Poplar Street Bridge, 70 essentially ended, and you picked up 70 going across the Poplar Street Bridge. Well, when they put in the Stan Bridge, the Stan Musial Bridge, they moved the the designation of Interstate 70 onto the Stan Span. So when you're going east on 70, and this is what's complicated, when you're going east on 70, if you continue east on 70 and you pass underneath the ramp to go onto the Stan Span, you are now going west on 44. So one second you're going east on 70, and all of a sudden you're going west on 44, and you're going like they do that with 270. Well, but but it's north and north and east, but it's not like the opposite direction. Here you're going you're going east on 70, and then bang, you're going west on 44. Conversely, if you're coming north on 55. 55 ends where you, the ramp that goes under the Poplar Street Bridge, and 55 continues across the bridge into Illinois. Then you're now on westbound. You're now on eastbound 44, and you go through the depressed section on eastbound 44. You come out of the depressed section uh, next to Laclede's Landing, and you keep continue going east when you're actually headed west, but you're going east on 44. And then magically, when you cross underneath the ramp, from the Stan Span Bridge on a westbound 70, bang, you're on westbound 70. So it's confusing as hell to people who are not from the area. So you say, okay, now if you're going, to, if you're coming in from like, if you're coming in for like, let's say you're you you want to go to the airport and you're at South City, you get on 44 and go east on 44, and then go west on 70, and you're going, no, hold on a minute now, I'm going east on 44, then I'm going west on 70. Well, it's the same thing. What do you mean it's the same thing? Well, it's the same thing. See, why did they do that? <laughs> Who knows? And it's, conf- it's because I hear it all the time on the traffic reports, the lo- local traffic reporters explaining, oh, well, now, if you're going east on 70, that's that's west on 44 in the depressed section. I go like, okay, if it's not cute, cr- cr- crazy enough, now it's even more crazy. Are they still using that phrase? Yes, I heard it just the other day. Did you? Because people, once again, I mean, if you've lived in the area... You know, like like you talked about, you lived it for a long time, and people say uh, east on take life. east on seventy into the depressed section. Okay, you go. Okay, fine. Now you can't go east on seventy to the depressed section. You got to go west on forty four into the depressed section. Well, hold on a minute. I'm going east. Well, you're actually going west. Okay. Well, hold on a minute now. When am I going east and when am I going west? Well, you're headed in the same direction, but one minute you're headed east and one minute you're headed west. It's like it's like the air traffic controllers. This is like we talked about this before. You have runways and and, you know, I don't mean to sound like I'm the smartest guy in the world, but this is just basic, basic aviation, aviation knowledge. The runways have a number which correspond to their compass heading. So, in other words, and you don't use the last digit. You round it off. So, in other words, the runways out at Lambert, if you're landing from the east to the west, if you're coming in from Illinois, and a lot of times if you come into St. Louis, you come over downtown St. Louis, you look down and you see the arch, okay? You're on runway 1-2 because, or no, excuse me, you're on runway 3-0, Okay. Because that's the compass point. You're essentially heading 300 degrees. So you know you're heading a little bit north of west, if that makes any sense. Because due west would be 27. If you had a runway that was, you'd have a runway that would be that would be uh, that would a runway would be 927. 
but instead you're heading to the west. Now, if you're coming in from the west and you're headed east, then you're on runway 1-2. That's the way they're designed. And so the idea being is that, that that's one of the things they teach you in flight school, that when you take off, you want to make sure you're on the right one, uh, you're on the correct runway because you're supposed to look at your compass. And if you're on runway 30, your compass heading should be 300 degrees. And that way you know you're on the right one runway. Now, the problem is at Lambert, you've got left and right. You have to make sure you're on, you know, 30 left or 30 right. And then you have 624, and that runway, you know, takes off as uh, runway 624 uh, takes off pretty much. North and south. Six would be... Which is my runway. That's the one Shelley's to work on. Six degrees off of north. So in other words, you're, you're 60 degrees. And runway and to the south, you're at 2-4. Because if you were running... If you, were, if you had a runway that oh. was running due north and south, it would be one... And they don't call them runway zero. It would be one, 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 eight. So it would be runway one and runway eight, one, eight. Because eight to the south. So... That's one eight to the south. That's the stupid, you know, knowledge. But see, that makes sense because of the fact that you look at a runway, and if you look at a compass, you know, you look at a runway and you put a compass on it on a map, you can say, okay, I know which one runway that is. But you know, once again, the 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 traffic gods. Now, if you really, you know, let me tell you something. If you want to cause a problem, here's what you do: you go out to Mod- you go out to Modot headquarters in Chesterfield. You go out to their headquarters in Chesterfield, which are, by the way, very lavish headquarters. They have leather couches and everything in the, in the, in the, in the room. I've been there. So you go out there and you go, hey, I just got off a farty. How do I get downtown? And they'll go, what? What did you say? You said highway farty? Yes, I said highway farty. Is it, is it actually called 40? No, it's 64. Don't ever say 40 around here. We'll throw you in a closet. Won't let you out for two days. That's punishment here at the MoDOT. Because we don't anybody, and nobody remembers it's Highway 40. That's not true. <laughs> More people That's like, remember it as Highway 40 than they do Highway 64. That's like that's like the goofy folks out there in Maryland Heights. It used to be the Earth City Expressway ended right there at 70. Then they extended, you know, down, and ultimately they extended down into one 141, okay? You're on the Earth City Expressway, and then all of a sudden you're on the Maryland Heights Expressway. It's like going through Kirkwood. This is the stupid story through Kirkwood. You're on you're on Lindbergh. You're on Southbound Lindbergh. You get off Highway 40. You go on high Southbound Highway uh, Lindbergh. Southbound Lindbergh. You go through Plastic Front and Back, and then you go through Huntley, and then all of a sudden you're in Kirkwood, buddy. You're not on Lindbergh anymore. You're on Kirkwood, and you drive through Kirkwood, and as soon as you get out of Kirkwood into Sunset Hills, you're back on Lindbergh. <laughs> Do you know why that is? I've told this story before. Yes, and that's exactly why I know why that is. The but pe- share with everybody else. The people of Kirkwood are still mad that Lindbergh didn't stop in Kirkwood. When Lindbergh, this is a true story, when Lindbergh made his famous flight from the United States across the Atlantic Ocean into England or wherever he landed, France, wherever he landed in. I uh, can't remember. Was it France? I can't remember. I think it was France. Anyway, when he made his famous voyage across the Atlantic, he came back and did a victory tour because this was like a big deal. He was like a super, super, super duper, you know, hero because nobody had done this before solo. And he came back to the United States and he came, he did. And back then he wasn't like Bernie Sanders where you get on a plane and fly all over the place or like, you know, like, like Hillary Clinton. Um, he, he, he came back and he did a train tour and he decided to not stop in Kirkwood 
because the people in Kirkwood wanted to see him because there's a train station in Kirkwood. You know, that you can still to this day, there's a train station in Kirkwood. The train tracks go right through the middle of Kirkwood. And he did not stop in Kirkwood. So the people in Kirkwood got mad at him. So when the St. Louis area decided to name this stretch of highway, which goes from North County, way up north, up 367, all the way down to South County, right in front of Dave Sinclair Ford. That's where essentially where Lindbergh ends down there. They decided, we're not going to name our section Lindbergh because he didn't stop here. It's Kirkwood. So once again, as a traffic reporter, you know, you give directions. Or like sometimes you give directions. Okay, you head south on Lindbergh and then you, and then you go south in Kirkwood. Do I make a turn? No, it's the same road. What? It's the same road. Uh, you know, what do you mean it's the same road? Lindbergh turns into Kirkwood. Okay, so I go south in Kirkwood. Well, you just keep going south in Kirkwood, and you go through Kirkwood, and then you're on Lindbergh. Huh? (laughs) Well, we do have, um, you know, you know where that started here first was Hanley. Well, that's complicated because Hanley was a was a street that they made out of a bunch of other streets. Carson and bunch. If you you go if you know your history of NoCo, which is you know, I used to live on Hanley, so I know I know the Hanley story. Well, the only reason why they did, I don't know why they did that, but that was the only re- way to get to NOCO. Because that was that was the north-south corridor. They're trying to, because in, in before 170 came through, there really was no good way to go from north to south in the St. Louis area. Because it stopped at Page. 170 did, yes. Yes. And they, and, and, it was 725 back then. And Hanley was the combination of, if you know your history on this, Hanley was a combination of a bunch of streets that they connected together. Uh, one of them was Carson in, 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 uh, off a natural bridge. As a matter of fact, there's a, they put that viaduct through, they put that viaduct through, um, through um, um, Berkeley because Graham, which, and once again, that's another thing. You go, you go, Get off of 270 at Graham or Hanley Graham. You go to the right, you go north, it's it's Graham. You go to the south, it's North Hanley. Because I used to live in North Hanley, and the, one of the complicated things was we bought a house in North Hanley, and one of the complications was the original deed had the address on Graham Road, and it wasn't Graham Road anymore because they renamed it. So in other words, once upon a time, the house was built on Graham Road, but back whenever, in the 60s or 70s, when they changed all that stuff around, they renamed that section of Graham Road into North Hanley. Yes, they did. So it, you know, actually, they did that before I even knew anything. Because you, if oh, you lived so, in Clayton, hold it, hold you it. didn't Be- go. That to was Noco. before you knew anything. Was that last week? I'm sorry. <laughs> Never mind. What did you just say? <laughs> huh? Nothing. I didn't say anything. Come on, what'd you say, I didn't, guy? I didn't say anything. I didn't say a word. <laughs> I didn't say anything. You are. <laughs> nope. What? You're, you're, you're throat punchable today. <laughs> Continue on. I don't know if I can now. <laughs> well, you got a diggy, so somebody <laughs> has a. Has, has caught on to your shenanigans. Oh, shenanigans, me? Shenanigans? Hey, oh, absolutely. Hey, you know, Which is you, so appropriate. You know what I have to say to that? What? I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> That's what I have to say to that. <laughs> I'm not a white boy anymore. I'm, you and know I what? I can't jump either. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sort of fading. I, I need to get some more sun. I'm more, I'm more coffee gelato than I am mocha java nowadays. But give me, a, give me a couple months when the sun's out and I'm out to cutting grass. I'll be, I'll be all the way to, to. Um, Do you wear a Italian... long sleeve shirt when you cut grass? 
it depends. If I cut it down the AM transmitter side, I do wear a long sleeve shirt because of the fact that I get all the bugs and and the poison ivy and stuff like that because I have to cut through poison ivy down there. But if I'm just cutting regular grass, I usually uh, I usually wear my my hand, my Henway shirt. Uh huh. I do. You know that. Um, see, now I knew I was going to forget it. You know what? Because I was thinking about it. You know what a Henway shirt is, don't you? Um, about <laughs> I don't know, two pounds, three pounds. <laughs> Never mind. It's seven. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Shelly, where are what? you today? <laughs> where are you today, Shelly? <laughs> Why do you say that? What's wrong? <laughs> oh, look. It's 7.30. You know why Shelly's not making any sense this morning? I'm making perfectly good sense. You know why Shelly's not making any sense any- this morning? We got turnt last night. Because she got turnt last night. That's what it is. Turnt? <laughs> yeah, turnt. T-U-R-N-T. What Don't is you know- that? Don't you know what turnt is? We talked no. about that last week. Seven- I can't remember my conversation. <laughs> Say that again? Nope. <laughs> it's 731. All this late night talking. Okay, turnt. You asked me what that was. You ready for this? Yep. Are you ready for this? Turnt, T-U-R-N-T, is a variation of turned, used only to describe when someone is excessively excited or prepared for the current event. In its entirety, it can commonly be used as turnt up. But if you just use it as turnt, it means you're like really, really excited. So she goes, and when she says, she says, (laughs) she says, where is it? Hold on, which which one is it? Is it this one? Yeah, here it is right here. Here you go. This is the one you don't like. We got turnt last night. That's one of the hefty girls. So turnt means they got really excited last night. They get really excited. Okay. So now you know what that means. <laughs> I do. Thank you. Uh, you know, the best thing about the BS.show is you, learn you stuff? always walk away with a nugget. Yeah, a nugget. <laughs> a nugget of poop. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not true. Yes. Okay. There are more things in life that are nuggets besides DM. Okay, whatever you say. Okay, remember well, like my glam daughter? She the I, only thing that you could say is she was either a little peanut or a little nugget. So we call her nug. I could say something by one. But you won't because it's my glam daughter. I know. I'll get punched. I'll, oh, I'll get. I'll get the living, living poop beat out of me by Shelly if I say something bad about her granddaughter. Okay. Um, yeah. This happened last week. Now, first off, let's get a little backstory here. You and I personally met Josh Holly. Josh yes. Holly is like Donald Trump. You either love him or you hate him. There's no in-between with Josh Holly. People go like, oh, I don't know if I like the guy or not. You either love him or you hate him. But he wears nice socks. <laughs> Shelly and I met him in St. Charles at a campaign event when he's running for Senate. Now, what's interesting about it is, <laughs> and, and once again, you're my witness, he was wearing really skinny jeans, sort of like yeah. like painted on kind of. I'm going like that's sort of weird. It's and like he, something I would wear. Right. He had like completely he, inappropriate. Well, it looked, it anyway, like, go on. It looked like a pair of women's jeans. It did look like a pair of women's jeans, don't you think? Like skinny jeans are a thing. Yeah, but dudes don't normally wear skin fitting jeans. He has. That's not true. Well. <laughs> Real dudes, let me put it this way, real dudes don't normally wear tight-fitting jeans. Okay, uh, that's true. Okay, Okay. whatevs. Okay, and he had his, and and tell me if I'm kidding about this, he had his pirate shoes on, correct? 
They look like, they look like shoes you'd see. Arr, you are are my mateys. How do you like my pirate <laughs> shoes? They had these big I buckles. <laughs> they had these you? big buckles on it. So he walks in, we say hi to him. And it wasn't a big event. And there was the guy who was his handler. Hey, and we go and introduce ourselves. Hey, you know, I own these the local radio stations. Boy, we'd sure like to have your bit. Oh, yeah, we'll advertise your station. You're a local media owner. We really try to support local media owners. Guess what? The guy never and returned. The guy nada. never. He, never he, he gave me his card. Zero. Zilch. I, I called nothing. him I don't know how many times. But yet, once again, what do they do? They buy all the big stations in St. Louis, owned by all these out-of-town media conglomerates. Me, Brad, the local guy who owns radio stations. No, no money for Brad. Okay. so Which I really don't understand. <laughs> once again, it's like, you don't know. Don't they want female voters? See, they don't. Remember, we talked about this. This radio station appeals mostly to women. Okay, the music yes. we play, it's, it's aimed at women. We tell that to politicians. And what do they do? Matter of fact, even the women who are running for office, they advertise in all the men's stations. Now, in our business, it's proven that most talk stations are 80 to 90% men. And if it's a talk sports station, try about 95% men. So right. if you're listening to Tracy Station, it's mostly men. 97.1's mostly men. The Refugee Station, 104.9, where Jamie is, mostly men. Who am I missing? There's another one in there. Um, anyway, they're mostly men. Men traditionally listen to talk radio. Women traditionally, they listen to radio, listen to music, and they listen to the music that we play because it's research to, to appeal to women between the ages of specifically 18 and 54, okay? And we're a lovely station. Right. And we have Whatever mornings that means. every day just right. like this one. Okay. So, so when it comes to political time, even the women running for office buy advertising, and even to the point where one lady who shall remain nameless – I had a discussion with, I even said to her, I said, why are you buying, you're a woman running for office, why don't you buy my station where we've got women listeners? Well, the men make the decisions. I'm going like, I'm sorry, did I hear you say that correctly? <laughs> did, did I hear you say, the men make the decisions? Well, what do you, live in the 1850s or something like that? Okay, once again, women are independent forces nowadays. Uh, never, Marifor, we talked about this the other day. They're, women always make the decisions. But, and nobody would recognize it, and now they do. And there's tons of women out there who have never been married, who are successful, or, very you know, powerful very powerful in women. The professional world. Well, you know, you as well as I do, we talk about this in the Chamber of yeah. Commerce meeting. We go to the Chamber of Commerce meeting, more than half the people in the Chamber of Commerce meetings are women. It's not, it's not like the good old boys club back, you know, 50, 60 years ago where Chamber of Commerce and it's all dudes, you know, and they'd go out and they'd be smoking their cigars and drinking, you know, a brandy out of their brandy snifter at the chamber meeting. You know, it's not like that anymore. It's the women who are smoking cigars and drinking brandy out of the brandy. I'm sorry. No, that's not true. Okay, so. Wow. <laughs> Things have changed. Okay. So they have indeed. Here we go. Those were the days, my friend. And this is this is a time when I'm going to say I like Josh Holly because I don't necessarily like him all the time. But this is oh where yeah, what we were talking about him. What were we talking about? Okay, here's the interesting story. There's uh -huh. a thing in TV news called a satellite media tour, and what this is typically, if you have like somebody who comes out with a book or something like that. They put them in a studio somewhere, and this they do this in St. Louis. There's, I think, Channel Nine has a studio, and they have a satellite uplink. Sometimes it's not necessarily satellites. Nowadays, it's it could be fiber as well too. But they put them in a studio, and then they book 
this, let's say it's Shelly wrote a new book, and it's Shelly, you know, How I Survived Being on the Air with Brad, and that's Shelly's new book, and becomes a national bestseller. That's possible. So, yeah, so so they put you into a studio down at Channel 9, and then they book you back to back to back to back to back with TV stations all over the country. So it started out like at 6 o'clock, she's on WXYZ in Detroit, and then at 6.10, she's on KABQ in Albuquerque. Uh, you know, Channel 6 in Albuquerque. And at 6.20, she's on KXYZ in, in you know, Washington, D.C. or whatever. I'm just making up call letters, okay? So you get the idea. Politicians do the same thing. They sit in the studio in D.C., and then they have each reporter has a chance, and it makes it look like the reporter is actually in the room where the reporter's here in St. Louis, and the 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 politician's in is in is in. DC and they're in a studio they're by themselves and before typically before they go on the air the person will interact the person who's being interviewed will interact with the reporter get what I'm saying so in other words they'll talk back and forth okay yeah just to yeah. relax them right hey you know you know what do you want to, you know what do you want to talk about anything specific you know you want to mention this interview and like Holly would say yeah I want to talk about the fact that I wear tight jeans and I wear I wear wear tie, uh, wear, wear Pirate shoes. Okay, fine. We'll talk and about that. And nice socks. Okay, so here's how this story gets a national turn because they were doing a satellite media tour with Josh Hawley. And Josh Hawley was being interviewed by a local guy from Channel 5 right here. Say KSDK St. Louis. Mark Maxwell is the guy's name. So here's where it gets funny. Before they actually start the interview, Josh Hawley's staff apparently does some research on Mark Maxwell who's a local reporter. Once again, reporters are unbiased. They don't have a biases there. You know, they are totally unbiased. There's no local, there's no bias left or right to reporters at TV stations. Baloney. So what's interesting was they print out for Josh Hawley all of Mark Maxwell's tweets, which, shall we say, are very left-wing, very, you know, super, super left-wing, anti-Elon Musk, all, all sorts of stuff like this. And Josh Howley starts asking him about this. Hey, Mark, what's this tweet you sent out about about Elon Musk, about how he's a terrible person? And and and, and this and it's it's and 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 he says at one point he says he he asks him he says he says uh, and at one point in time this Mark Maxwell is talking about uh, that someone is being a bootlicker. Uh, uh, and it's a uh, uh, matter of fact. Here's here's his tweet. It says it's been a while since I've seen any one of his bootlicker brags on how efficient the site is now that Sir Galaxy Brian is in charge. So in other words, that's a what? Can you like put that in layman's terms? He's making. He's making. I didn't understand that whole sentence. Okay, <laughs> he's making fun of Elon Musk. This is yes, this is I Mark. This is Mark Maxwell's tweet. Let me read it again. It's been a while since I've seen any of his bootlickers brag on how efficient the site is. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me read it over again. It's been a while since I've seen any of his bootlickers brag on how efficient the site is now that Sir Galaxy Brain is in charge. Sir Galaxy Brain is Elon Musk. That's what that's. And bootlickers, you know what a bootlicker is? No. A bootlicker is someone, it's like a brown noser coming, you know, like bootlickers. Oh, like, like, it's like you have to ask them to disengage their suction cups. Well, no, no, they're like, you know, like, 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 let's say I, I came out, let's say, uh, you know, I dressed like in pink polka dots and I drove, I drove my, you know, I, I, that's I, been years. Well, you don't have to bring that I up. I color huh? my hair orange and I shave my face and I shave my head and I don't wear my, my Hans Wyman and I wear clown shoes. 
if one of my friends was a bootlegger. And the Harley Davidson earring. <laughs> right. One of my friends was a bootlegger. They go, Brad, you look great today, even though I look like a doofus. You know, in other words, no matter, you know, a bootlicker is like somebody who's like always trying to, it's like a brown nose. You know what I mean? Like in, in, you know, in school, you know, the teacher would come in, Mrs. Smith, you sure do look pretty today. That's a bootlicker. Okay. Get what I'm saying? You sure do have a pretty mouth, <laughs> Mrs. Smith. Okay. So, so, so Holly starts asking about this. And he's asking him, you know, this is going back and forth. And he says, hey, Mark, uh, you know, doesn't doesn't that kind of vitriolic? And he says, and and this is what Maxwell says, that was a moment of frustration when the site went down and there were a lot of folks in my mentions who had quite a, a cultish adoration of him. And so they're going back and forth. <laughs> and then at one point in time, Holly, and he does sort of sound like he's, I kid you about being drunk. At one point in time, it sounds like this Mark Maxwell is drunk. And Holly says, I hope you do your interview. I hope you do our interview sober. And and, and he says, I hope you're sober now. And, and then they start going back and forth. And he says, what Holly said, when journalists are so-called journalists refer to people they don't like as bootlickers on a public platform, when they attack folks and they say they don't necessarily do stuff sober, it does tend to get my attention, Holly says. I mean, we give a lot of access. I just want to make sure that you're actually sober and taking this seriously. Good Lord in heaven. And so, in other words, this Mark Maxwell is like, it's like, and then Maxwell says, I'm happy to do a blood alcohol test, Maxwell responded. He says, I've had no alcohol this morning, and that was a joke. I want you, I want, just want to clarify, we'll just save the festivities for this weekend when the St. Patrick's Day festivities take off, but there will be, that will be off the clock. So they go back and forth like this. And Holly is like gigging him because of the fact that he's supposedly an unbiased journalist, but yet he's writing all this crazy left-wing stuff on his Twitter page. It's my point exactly. Journalists, journalism is dead. It's dead. Uh, it's dead. That's what this whole thing was about. I have two useless degrees, two stupid useless journalism oh, degrees. Because nobody practices. Nobody practices journalism anymore. It's dead. Oh. Jo- Josh Holly, I don't agree with a lot of what you do, but I thought that was really funny because you just gigged this guy. And if you watch the video, it's so funny because Holly keeps uh. picking up pieces of paper and go, okay, a couple months ago you said this on your Twitter account. And the guy's like, well, because he had no idea. Well, is that how he was? Well, no, he had no idea. Because in other words, he's thinking, well, I'm going to get to interview the senator, the senator. So the senator, what in the hell was that? My phone just started playing. Anyway, so the idea being that this reporter had no idea that Hawley or his staff had done their research on this guy, and they're pulling all these crazy, weird quotes. You know, it's like, it's like you know, you read, it's like some of these reporters that you see on Channel 2 or Channel 4 are so serious. When you see them on, on their Twitter page, they're doing crazy stuff and dropping the F-bomb and stuff like that. I'm going, okay, that's not the kind of person. Remember, poor Larry Connors got fired over that. Yes. Remember he was on he'd said something on Twitter or no or Facebook. What did he say? Something about the president or I can't remember what he said. And he got fired over that. But not anymore. You know, you can be a, a serious reporter on channel two and then you, you get on your Facebook page and you say, you know, hey, the governor's a jerk and I think I hope he falls into a lake and drowns. That's okay. Okay. It's seven fifty. According to Mr. Otten, you know what today is? Hump day yeah. More than that, International Goof Off Day. Well, then it's our day. It's like it's like every day of the year. International Goof Off Day is March 20th. The unofficial holiday encourages people to take the day to relax and do unproductive and useless things. Like, listen to our show. But it's tw- the 22nd. 
The expression refers to the act of doing something that is unproductive while neglecting actual important work. A goof-off is a person who engages in such acts and ignores his or her duties and tasks. That's what a goof-off is. So today is International Goof-Off Day. Okay. Do you know what the word, word omniscient means? Omniscient? Omniscient. What's the last four? Oh, I think it's spelled here. I think it's spelled. Let me see if I can spell it correctly. I believe it's spelled... Oh, Excuse me, I hiccuped. O-M-N-I-S-C-I-E-N-T. Omniscient. Does it have something to do with taking something away? No, it has to do with it's either a compliment or it's it's either a compliment or an insult, one or the other. And I was trying to see if you knew what the word meant, if you thought it was a compliment or an insult. Well, we could break it down. Omni means... <laughs> Shelly says something to me off air, I'm sorry, which is sort of funny. Tell the story about your mom... And a scarf, okay? <laughs> go ahead. No, that was because I, so, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, but just go ahead and tell the story. Okay. So when I was a little girl, my mom was a model, and so she always dressed to the nines, especially back in before I was born. And anyway, she always wore scarves. Well, as, as a part of her apparel. Well, then it became more of a safety thing. To her, because my mom would say, Shelly, don't go outside without your chiffon scarf or you'll catch pneumonia. So what does Shelly do? Shelly goes outside without her chiffon scarf and catches pneumonia. And it's like the dreaded mom curse. Every time she would tell me not to do something, I, of course, went ahead and did it. And eventually it happened. You know, I had the same thing with my mom. I would never comb my hair. And one day my mom, I think it was 14 or 15, my mom says, if you don't comb your hair, it's going to all fall out. I go, no, it won't. And the next day I was bald. Well. And and then two days I later. I highly doubt that. My but... mom took me down to this young guy who, you know, who like was some immigrant. Hans and, and Franz. Yeah, Hans Wyman was the guy's name. And I've been friends with Hans ever since. Hans gave me my head of hair. You know, and see, back in the day, they actually stitched it into your scalp. They had these little sutures they put in your scalp. Now it's all 200-mile-an-hour NASCAR Velcro. They use those little strips of 200-mile-an-hour Velcro. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do they really use that? Yes, they use NASCAR Velcro. It's 200-mile-an-hour. Oh, they rate, do not. It's rated at 200 miles an hour. So no matter – see, you'll never be so embarrassed. you have to shave your head. What's that now? They would have to shave your head. Well, guess oh, what? But if, you've already got all your hair. If, if you out. go to Hans, you don't have any hair. You don't have to worry about that. You just, well, no, it's probably patchy in some places. They stick the Velcro, and what they do is they stick the furry side of Velcro on the top of your head because that way, when you don't wear your hairpiece, it still looks like you got some fur up there. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna, and the women, oh, can I touch that nice, nice soft stuff in your hair? Yes, that's my Hans Wyman Velcro. Hey, we got to go. Say goodbye real quick, real quick. Okay. Peace and I fly. Not quick enough. Eight o'clock. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive LLC. See you soon.